All right, we are back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join us in the second half of the show is the author of this really interesting book. Deborah Blum is the author of Coming of Age, The Sexual Awakening of Margaret Mead. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. Thank you so much for calling in. This is a really fascinating book. Uh, well, thanks for having me. What inspired you to, you know, focus on this as your subject matter? Well, I've, I had it in my mind for a really long time because of the chance encounter that I had with Margaret Mead when I was in my early 20s. I had just graduated from um, UC Berkeley. I was totally aimless, <laughs> looking for a direction in life. I went to the East Coast. I was living in Cambridge, Massachusetts working at a little publishing company, Xeroxing Papers, answering the phone. And late one afternoon, when I'm sitting there at the switchboard, I look down the corridor, and at the end of this long hallway, I see an old woman struggling out of an overcoat. She was squat, dumpy, um, mousy gray hair. Mm -hmm. And all the men in the company, they were Harvard professors, very, very snooty, condescending bunch of men. Yes. They were swarming around her like she was a queen. And <clears throat> that was the early 70s. I'd never seen men behave like that mm -hmm. around a woman who wasn't beautiful. And I, I turned to a coworker and I said, who is that? And she whispered back, that's Margaret Mead. And of course, I'd heard of Margaret Mead because at that point in time, her name was like a household word. She was really famous. Mm -hmm. But I started to do reading. She put out a memoir, and um, it really spoke to me because I was looking for a path in life myself at that time. And um, what she talked about was how to find that for yourself. And um, it really resonated. So that sort of began this very, very long process of reading about her, um, thinking about her. I really didn't think I would ever do a book, but then many, many years later, it emerged. <laughs> Well, she really, I can relate. You know, you, you hear about somebody, you see them, and it really piques your interest. And then you, you just make that your life focus for a while. Well, it's, I, I think, uh, you know, I've written two books, and both of them were ideas that I had with me for a long time that were sparked by personal experiences. Both of them were nonfiction, but um, I, I uh, had also a, a, an encounter with um, the subject of my first book. Okay. But it took a long time to get to the point where I had the discipline and the focus and the self-confidence to write the book. When you were writing this book, did you have a clear idea? You had it all mapped out, or did things kind of evolve 
as you were writing? Um, well, I um, have had a long experience writing nonfiction. Mm -hmm. I've worked in television documentaries for over 20 years. And so um, there's a process that you go through when you're researching a nonfiction story. And in that sense, it was mapped out okay. that I, I knew what I needed to do. And um, it came in, the work unfolded in phases. So um, in this case, the big surprise were the letters, the number of letters at the Library of Congress that were so very intimate. I, I read that. I never yeah. expected to find that. And I had read all these biographies about Margaret Mead, but um, the difference in the approach that I took was that I was telling the story from multiple points of view, and Margaret Mead was very circumspect in the way that she talked about her own life. She had a lot to hide, it turned out. But the people who were writing to her, uh, their letters were full of intimate details. And I'll tell you, she really stirred up powerful emotions in other people. Unbelievable. When I, when I read that about this book and you know, your experience, I thought, that just must have been unbelievable to come across. And what's so great now is, well, these letters are not digitized, but what I was able to do was send this researcher who I had, this wonderful researcher uh, who knows the Library of Congress the way others of us know our own bookshelves. I was able to send her in there with a digital camera, and she took high-resolution photographs of about 5,000 letters. Whoa. And she sent them to me in a file. And so I had all of them in my computer, and I could study them. And these are handwritten letters, so they were hard to decipher. And sometimes, you know, I'd come upon a word, and I didn't know what it was, and I'd call over members of my family, and I'd say, what do you think this says? And then it would take sometimes three of us to figure out what a sentence said. Sure. And, um, but, but then gradually I would get used to what somebody's cursive looked like, and I could read their letters much more easily. Now, for people who are not familiar with Margaret Mead, how would you describe her? Well, that's, uh, it's, it's always funny to be asked, about Margaret Mead because for years, in fact, most of the 20th century, she was one of the most well-known women in this country. And she uh, was born at the end of the Victorian era in 1901. And like all the other young ladies at that time was expected to um, get married have a lot of children, maybe have a career, um, but she pushed way beyond that. Oh, yes. And she went, she became an anthropologist, uh, which was a new discipline not known at all in the, in the United States. There were about three universities that had departments of anthropology, 
But um, what she did was she shocked her friends and her family and her colleagues by insisting that she wanted to go to a tiny speck of land in the South Pacific where she would do her research, her field work. And so when she was 24 years old, that's 1925, Mm -hmm. she went to an island called Samoa to study the sexual behavior of adolescent girls. And the book she subsequently wrote about that called Coming of Age in Samoa um, was like a bombshell in America. Oh, I bet. She, she um, I think, you know, she touched something in the collective unconscious among women um, and men that said, you have the right to experience sexual enjoyment before marriage. You have the right to experiment. And based on what she found by working in other cultures, she was able to bring new ideas back to America. And it stirred something throughout the whole country. She became a media celebrity. And in fact, her ideas, I would say, were responsible for Uh, to a great extent, for launching women's liberation in the 1960s and the sexual revolution. Amazing. Unbelievable. So uh, what are some of the things you're hearing about this book now that it's out? Um, It... I I think that um, I've been surprised in one sense because... Well, there's a lot in this book about same-sex relationships mm-hmm. because Margaret Mead um, uh, experienced those themse- her, herself, right. although she was forced to hide it during the period of time in which she lived. Yes. But her great mentor and lover was uh, a colleague who was 15 years older, than she was. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was during the time when she was coming of age, when she was a young woman. So the book um, has been very well accepted in the um, gay and lesbian um, genres. And I, I, I think it speaks to the part of our history where we're learning that a very famous woman um, had significant same-sex relationships that for many decades nobody knew anything about. Sure. It wasn't obviously accepted at that time. No, your whole, if, if that was discovered, your whole career uh, would be ruined. And Margaret Mead was nothing if she was not ambitious. Um, I think that's one of the most interesting aspects for me about the story was to look at a person, to really uh, explore their lives before they became famous, and to see, uh, you know, I've done a lot of biographies that have been on um, television, on A&E and the History Channel. And I'm always fascinated by the point. 
in a person's life, a person who became very famous, to understand who they were right before that happened and what the forces were that pushed them into the forefront of history. And so that's what my book focuses on, who Margaret Mead was right before she became famous. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap up, but could you give your website where people can find out more about you? Sure. My website is BlumGallery.com. That's my last name, B-L-U-M Gallery.com. Fantastic. And I'm on Facebook, Okay. Coming of Age, The Sexual Awakening of Margaret Mead. Fantastic. Deborah, yeah, go ahead. Also on YouTube. Oh, you are? A little video. Yes, a little video, a documentary that's only three minutes long about Margaret in Samoa. Fantastic. Thank you so much for calling into the show, Deborah. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. Congrats on the book. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was author Deborah Blum calling in to talk about her book, Coming of Age. Uh, We'll take a little break, and then we're going to wrap up Uh, with the author of Yappy Days. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you missed any part of this, all the info will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. Thanks for listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.